Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community and communities create social change. I'm David Peck and this is Face to Face. Tyson is our guest uh, on today's interview. He's a good guy. He's becoming a friend. He's he's a guy who uh, he he's a leadership consultant. He has been running and involved with uh, student leadership for for many many years. He's a public speaker. He's a motivational speaker. You're going to enjoy this interview. He's got a lot of good advice. He's got a lot of uh, great stories to talk. He talks about why he's a chef um, because uh, he, basically because he can make it himself. I'll, I'll let him explain that. He talks about attitude and choice and authenticity and about being um, consistent and, and why he's an unapologetic nerd. There's a lot of really fun stuff uh, in the interview, but uh, I think there's a lot of really uh, good uh, takeaways as well, uh, not to not to make this too corporate. It's a re- very relational uh, interview with Ian. Uh, you're going to enjoy it. Check it out. Uh, don't forget to check out my site, davidpecklive.com, for a new uh, interview pretty much on the week. Uh, also posted on rabble.ca. And um, here's well, welcome Ian. to Face you're to Face. Uh, it time. is a cold, kind of damp, dreary afternoon, Monday, December 21st, I believe. We're joined by a uh, very special guest today, Ian Tyson. Uh, Ian, thanks for joining us today on Face to Face. My pleasure, David. Thanks for having me. So your slogan, Positively Speaking. Yes. Very s- recent new slogan. A very that I, recent. That I've, ado- that I've adopted, yes. So, so you're a public speaker. You're, uh, you're a motivational speaker. You've been involved with the um, youth uh, leadership camps since 1992. You've been working in schools, corporate environments. Why are you such an optimist? Well, that's a, that's an excellent and long question that I wrote. I wrote an entire book to okay. answer. Okay, um, well, do tell. Do tell. <laughs> I think it just comes out of. Uh, sorry, there's a truck beeping outside there. I'll start again. Um, it just I thought it was something in my apartment. No worries. I hope I hope <laughs> um, nobody's in your apartment. No, nobody's in my apartment. Okay, good. I think that I I've just always been a positive person. Obviously, as anything in this life, a lot of it comes from my upbringing. I mean, my dad was a positive guy in spite of the obstacles that we had when I was younger and uh, a lot of it, it's from my parents my mom who who passed away when I was 10 and had been ill for seven years with a brain tumor was a positive person who always believed she was going to be well 
and always believed in just, you know, creating a, a good day for those people around her. And my dad, who raised three kids on his own, essentially, and we never wanted for anything. There was always laughter in the house. And that was just the kind of guy he is. Obviously, a lot of, a lot of that stuff translates into mm-hmm. the adult adults that we all become. And uh, I've just always wanted to spread that around to as many people as I possibly could. From, from a fairly young age, I liked being on the stage. And then I got involved in student leadership. And just kind of the two things really melded together in, uh, in this career that I have fallen backwards into. So is there any kind of, you know, uh, any kind of religious edge to this at all, Ian, in the sense like, a, a, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia, you know, the whole sort of the Buddhist uh, meditative sort of mindset of, you know, you get out of bed every day. I remember reading a book on, on meditation and, and I've, I've mentioned this before on, on podcasts where the, 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 the thinkers, the, the Buddhists talk about, you know, putting a smiling face on the ceiling, you know, so as soon as you wake up, that's the first, so it's, you know, it's a power of positive thinking, that kind of stuff you know is how do you stay in that sort of place you know i mean to me it's you know i've got a bit more of a melancholic edge uh you know <laughs> do you know what i mean like if you know well, well you know you you open up the newspaper or you, you go to bbcnews.com i mean there's this sometimes there's not a whole lot to be optimistic about sure few few different questions there and i'll, I'll tackle them as best i can yeah. um there's not really a religious aspect to anything that i do um, <clears throat> I certainly have my own, you know, my own spirituality, which I consider it more spirituality than religion. Sure. Um, and uh, not a not as as anything formalized. Uh, so the faith and things like that doesn't really enter into it for me. And I speak to all kinds of groups, and mm-hmm. from a business point of view, sort of need to keep that. Yeah, of course. In, in, of course. in that way. Yeah. But as far as how do you maintain it? I'm look. It's it's an ongoing battle, and that's the thing that I I say to people all the time that it's. It's work. It, uh, it, you have to get up every day and want it and go get it. Uh, it doesn't just happen. One of the key phrases I use in many of my presentations, my, my mantra really for my life is, pain is inevitable, misery is a choice. Mm. Bad things are going to happen, as you say, with all of these things that go on in the world. You open up a paper, you, you go online, you turn on the news. There's a lot of bad stuff, certainly. And that can give us tasks to move forward to try and make the world a better place. But we can't allow the negativity to bog us down and and to make us miserable. Misery is a choice. Does that mean I don't have bad days? Of course not. I I have bad days. I have dark times. I get in a bad mood sometimes. But it's the work, understanding that, okay, this this is where sometimes I'll wallow in it, admittedly. But then it's the going, okay, wait a second, what am I doing? And then just do whatever little things you have in place for yourself to keep, your, keep yourself up, keep yourself motivated. I mean, when I hear people talking about success and happiness and positivity as though they're a gift, that bothers me because mm. it's not. You have to go get it. But so many people, unfortunately, in this world think that the good things in life will be presented to you somehow. They will fall before your feet. They will be on a silver platter. No, you you got to want it. you got to go get it. Which which kind of, yeah, yeah, I guess it does kind of fly in the face of that idea of, uh, uh, um, I guess, what is it, more situational, I guess, happiness in a sense? Sure. Well, yeah. they talk about, I've, I've done some reading and talked with many people, they talk about situational depression. 
Mm. As that's that's a that's a, a thing, and then there's definitely situational happiness, and some people just it. I guess it like you said, how, how making it your default, and and general happiness, feeling up, feeling good about life. Yeah, I want that to be my default. Sure. Is it on every given day? No, certainly not. But I I do as many things as I can to get myself into that place because I know I feel better and I know that I can then positively affect the people around me just simply by being happy. So you so you really do then believe that 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 we we are hmm uh, we are. I hate to say this because it sounds so conditional. I was going to say we are what we do, and I don't really mean it in a superhero-like sense. Because no. that's very much what a superhero would say, right? That's what Batman says in the film. You know, that's what Spider-Man says, you know, with, you know, comes great responsibility. I mean, it's all about their actions. I don't want, I don't want to turn, um, you know, optimism or positivity into something that's conditional necessarily. But really, it is about, uh, I mean, what I love about it, I suppose, Ian, is that you're saying... Uh, it's about being empowered. It's about it's about making the right choices. It's yeah, it's all about choice. Right. Um, people talk about the life they want. Well, do whatever you can to create it. Create the 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 proper scenario in which to have that success and have that happiness. I I've found a lot of peace, especially in my adult life. Um, I've I've always had trouble meditating. Mm. That's always something I've strived for. But I I have a very busy mind and I have trouble quieting it. But one of the times when I feel closest to what I hear described as meditation is when I cook. Interesting. Okay. I, I yep. love to cook. Yeah. It, it relaxes me in a way I can't even explain. And uh, there's, there's a whole lot of great metaphors in there as well that, much like life, it is about the ingredients you put in. Well, it's very much a Buddhist sort of approach, too, in the sense oh, that for sure. if, you're, if you're washing the dishes, a Buddhist, a, a keen Buddhist would say, wash the dishes. Don't, don't be thinking about the film that you're going to watch later or the uh, book that you're going to be reading later. But, and, and, uh, so in other words, the, the, doing dishes is not a stepping stone to getting to the book. It's an end in itself. Yes. Well, so, there's, a great, I love, there's a great movie, Chef that John Favreau wrote and directed. I know the one. Started. Yep. Fantastic movie. And there's a great moment that not a lot of people would actually wait for. It's at the very end of the credits. Oh, okay. And it shows, it's not a scene from the film or anything. It's got nothing to do with the narrative. It's him being trained by basically his chef coach. Oh, okay, cool. Favreau being trained. And there's a scene where he makes a grilled cheese sandwich for his son. Oh, you know what? And, that is such a great scene in that film. Oh, and it's the yeah. most decadent, amazing-looking grilled cheese <laughs> in the really, world. It really It is. makes you hungry watching yeah. it. That whole movie makes me hungry. Yeah, but that, yeah. There's this fantastic... It's just a small little moment. So there's this uh, an Asian gentleman who's his chef coach, the, basically his stunt chef, and they're, they're on the flat top, and he's showing him, and, and John's asking questions, so, okay, where's the hot spot? And he's showing him, and the guy keeps, okay, and so you peek under, and you do, and you peek in under, and he says this one thing, which is magnificent and speaks to what you were just saying. He said, and there's nothing in the world but this. And there's nothing in the world but this. But this. Yeah. And he's looking at this sandwich as it's cooking, and it looks so beautiful. And, he's, and he just says, and there's nothing in the world but this. Right. And that is so true to it. And that's one of the things that I like. But that's one of the things that helps me to find calm in that it, right. it, it removes everything else. But I see so many great, and one of the reasons I'm writing a presentation with food and cooking 
being the metaphor for life is that it's about the ingredients you put in. I mean, I, I could choose. I live right beside a 24-hour grocery store. Hmm. I could go over and buy frozen food and pre-made things and something that somebody else did and make it easy for me. Or I could go and buy the fresh ingredients and make it myself. Right. And it's the same as the happiness and the success that we want in our lives. Do we want it handed to us by somebody else pre-made in the way they wanted to do it? Or do we want to create our own thing? And positivity is the same way. It's about the ingredients you put in. I can feel happy on any given day, even, even if I've been low, by doing little things that I know will contribute to my positivity yeah. and contribute to well, my happiness. And that, that certainly gets, I mean, all of this gets my attention, Ian. I love this stuff, and, but, but this whole idea of the little things, and I mean cooking, I mean cooking is the sum of its parts. You know, you, you know the, the little spice, the little sugar, a little too much salt can ruin it, not enough doesn't quite get it. You know, it's all about it coming together and kind of coalescing, and it seems to me, I mean, talk about a metaphor for life. Oh, sure. Right, and for relationships and so on. So what do you do when you head to uh, your local favorite bookstore and you must do this from time to time go you know kind of go to that self-help motivational psychology section and you go okay this is getting a a little out of hand here all these how-to books and the 12 steps to this and the eight steps to that and the four things you need to do to become you know a joyful happy person sure what do you what do you do with that Well, there's a couple of things in observations when I see stuff like that. One, when I'm looking at those kinds of books, I mean, I'm certainly a very visual guy, and covers and titles will draw me in and have drawn me in in the past with with books that I've I've read. Um, There's certainly a lot where there's the either straight-up celebrities or celebrity speaker types or ex-pros of some kind have Mm -hmm. written. Mm -hmm. What I always find most interesting with those is, is there another name under theirs on the cover of the book? You know, whatever celebrity person with so-and-so, which means that second person with the smaller writing probably did the lion's share of the work. Right, right. It's just the person with the name who's getting their picture on the cover and everything else. So I find that a little interesting. I like sometimes finding the books that, okay, I don't know who this person is, but I'm intrigued by their concept. Right. That's the thing that draws me. And, yeah, it is a little out of control because, look, it's a business. Yeah. You know, self-help is is a business. And it was interesting when I did my book that, you know, and you're doing the the ISDN number and all that stuff, and where does it get categorized? Mm-hmm. And is it is it self-help? I mean, it's it's a bunch of stories and things that I've observed, and will it help? I hope so, but do I want it categorized? That right. self-help has become a real, you know, albatross to carry sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so that's, 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 it's a dangerous slope because there's there's a fine line between and I'm trying to think of a couple of examples I mean I'm just I'm looking around the room at some of my books right, right sure. now but there's there's a fine line between a Dr. Phil book right which has its place yeah, and sure. it speaks to someone great and say a powerful story of someone who's overcome something like if I put a Dr. Phil book next to Christopher Reeves still me mm. Mm-hmm. explaining, you know, everything that happened after his accident mm-hmm. his whole life and that and nothing is impossible, his two books, which were so beautiful and so inspirational. I would take either of those books any day of the week over a Dr. Do you make a, book. Do you make a distinction between inspirational and motivational? Mm, they're fairly... I, I, I tend to use those those terms pretty interchangeably. Right. 
I, yeah, and so I, sometimes I'm not even aware of which one I'm throwing in there. It kind of like, makes me, it kind of, you know, I, I've wondered about the whole self-help thing myself. I mean, I, I've certainly, you know, been through enough therapy in my day. I've read enough, sure. self, I've read enough self-help books in my day, uh, leadership books. Uh, oh, David, you got to get this one because, you know, you, the four-hour work week might have been one of the last ones I, I read, uh, you know, very specifically a few years ago, but I'm sure I've flipped through a few since. So it makes me wonder, uh, you know, is, is it really in about the fact that this is a massive business? Okay, so that might be one sort of idea. Then, but, but, but maybe something else there, you know, it's more than a two-sided coin for sure. But we, this is tough, right? Like, you sure. know, you, this isn't easy to, to, to focus on the grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> is not is not easy to do. No, well, the thing right. So so maybe there's a reason why there's so many of these books and these twelve steps and eight. I hate eight and ten and twelve step programs. I really sure. do. I think it's reductionism of the worst kind because we're all so different. You know, we all are carrying different baggage. We're all broken in our own way. And so to say that this, these are the eight things you need to do to become an optimistic or happier or contented or, or successful person, I think is, I think it's kind of dangerous actually. Oh, on definitely. Some level. But why there's so many, I mean, it would, it's why it's the same reason there are so many types of music. It's the same mm -hmm. reason there are so many mm -hmm. types of movies, types of TV shows, so many religions is that there's something for everyone. It's even in, in my world of speaking professionally, the thing I've had to come to terms with, and just for ego purposes you almost need to in this business, is the realization that everybody in the speaking world is somebody's cup of tea. <laughs> Funny. In that yeah. I can be at a conference with a bunch of other speakers, which is always, and that's how we met, and it's always great, and maybe you sit in on somebody's session and just professionally go, oh, you know, super nice person, but, you know, maybe not the best on the mic or whatever, mm -hmm, some mm -hmm. thoughts going through your head, and, you know, maybe that wasn't the best story or, ooh, that got a little weird at one point or whatever, yeah, but yeah. then you see somebody come up after the presentation and shake their hand and say, that was the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. I know that the stuff I do that you know, not a lot, maybe not everybody's going to pick up what I'm laying down. Yeah, sure. But sure. for some, that speaks to them. So there is something to speak to everyone. It's the same reason that some people will go to self-help, some people will pick up a Bible. Mm. You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. every, everybody needs something to cling to, to hold on to, sure. to yep. give them their center, and whatever that may be. Uh, that's going to be different for everybody. So that's that's probably why there are so many, so they can cast a wide net. Are there are there are there any are there any classics for you? You know, is it is it is it I don't know. Is it Stephen Covey for you? Is it is it old school Dale Carnegie? Do you go all the way back to the the pre-Socratic philosophers? I mean, huh. who, who are some of the foundational guys for you? And women, that's, by the It's way. an interesting question. I mean, I like reading new stuff, and I like hearing things that people within the business yep. that I know are, are doing. I mean, I'm looking at, I just walked back over into my office so that I could look at some of my books and, and see what I have here. And, I mean, yeah, I've probably read Christopher Reeve's book several times. That's interesting, yeah. Because, well, and give us, give us the name of that book. I haven't read that. Still Me Still is me. his first one, and okay. Nothing is Impossible. Nice. is his second one. Fantastic books about his life before and after he had his accident. So I remember um, years ago, so I'd, I'd 
you know, you may not know this, but I do, I used to do a lot of magic, uh, stage magic and okay. performed yep. for many, many years. And I remember, uh, I used to do a silent act and, uh, 15 minutes long tales could have been done in vaudeville music, uh, Harper's dinner theater. So 25 years ago and a guy, Ray Lawler was his name. I can't believe that's on the tip of my tongue. Off it comes. Ray Lawler comes. He's a former director of theater and afterwards, David, yeah, you know, all the lovely pleasantries, et cetera. And he said, you know what? I think you need to read more biographies. And you need to read more of, of, of just people, of just, in other words, broaden your experience. It's going to make you a better performer. And I bet you if he was listening in, he'd say, actually, what I meant was, is David, if you read those biographies, it's going to make you a better person. Oh, sure. Do you know what I mean? And I mean, I look, my top two shelves in my bookshelf in my office are largely biographies. Mm. I mean, I have both of Christopher Reeves. I have both of Michael J. Fox's. Mm, yeah, they're I excellent. Have, yeah. And it's, I have two, uh, two Barack Obama books, a Denzel Washington book uh, called A Hand to Guide Me. Um, I even have Lance Armstrong's It's Not About mm. the Bike, mm. mm-hmm. which at the time when I read it was like, wow, what a great story. Sure. And yep. yes, all that stuff happened after the fact, but at the end of the day, the battle with cancer that he had still, is still well, what an amazing story. Well, and do you know what's interesting, too? It's still a great story, period. Oh, for period. sure. Period. No matter what happens, it's still a great story. There are still lessons to be learned, right? Well, and I love, too, I've got a couple up here um, that I read, again, and these, these have nothing to do with anybody overcoming any, you know, illness uh, or, or injury like with Christopher Reeve or with Michael J. Fox or anything like that. But there was, um, they did as a series of books and as documentaries, Ewan McGregor, the mm. actor, and his best friend Charlie Borman rode motorcycles around the world. They, they went from England to New York on I, motorcycles. I, I, I know this. I remember they went yeah. through Mongolia. And I, the reason I know that is because I was in Mongolia at the time. Mm. And they did a huge documentary on this as well, right? Yeah, it was, it was called The Long Way Round. The Long Way Round, thank you. Yeah, and then yeah, they right. also did The Long Way Down, oh, which was okay. northern Scotland to the southern tip of Africa. Okay, yep. And both of them, it's, it's just two guys who are best mates riding their motorcycles, but there was obstacles in their way, and mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. the observing of the poverty and the different way people live, and I, I, I read them voraciously. They, I, I enjoyed those stories because that they it was very visual in the way they described it, and I was there, and it it was it, you know very experiential and was fantastic. And so yeah, there's there's stuff like that that I read. But yeah, looking on here, I've got the Book of Awesome. I've got Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, you know all these other you know leadership ones and things that have been passed along. I've got books from friends of mine in the business. I I have a couple of Robin Sharma books. I I have. <laughs> Make it so. Leadership lessons from Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> I mean, I've got them all up here. But uh, I, I, I like, get, you know, getting information. I'm a story guy. So, at the risk of, you know, let's not go the reductionistic route. But what are what are some of those common denominators for great leaders? I mean, you know, you've been working with youth leaders since 1992 with the conference. I'd love to hear more about that as well. Um, you know, you speak to a lot of young people, up-and-coming leaders, leaders that are, you know, starting to, you know, well, actually not up-and-coming leaders, but leaders in their environment. Sure. And maybe yep. maybe world leaders one day, right? I mean, that's One just, would hope. Yeah, you, one would hope. So what are, are there, are there any kind of common denominators, things that sort of stand out to you? Attitude's huge. Yeah. And that's why it's one of the things that I talk about the most, is the attitude that we bring and the choice to to at least strive for positivity. Mm-hmm. 
that one's big. And a big thing for me always has been professionally for myself as a speaker and other speakers that I know, and then also in observing leaders of all kinds from student right up to business is, is authenticity mm. in mm. that, are you the same person just in a speaking in speaking terms for a moment, mm-hmm. are you the same person on stage as you as are you off? Are off stage? Yeah, sure. Cause yeah. I see people go up and give a fantastic presentation. Sure. They put the mic down and then they duck out of the room and don't want to talk to anybody or they can, I see them be jerks to people <laughs> right. and you know, right. that, that, that stuff happens. Yeah. But yeah also, yeah. Or if it's a kid running a student council program, when they're up on mic and they're being all rah, 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 and they're great and positive and excited, but then as soon as they get off stage, they're bad-mouthing kids from another group or saying things about some about behind somebody's back. Same thing could be applied in business. Somebody who's leading a group, but then at the same time is kind of undercutting or saying things behind somebody's back. Authenticity in that regard is, is huge. That, that, to me, is a, is a big sign of true leadership of being consistent with mm. the core you. Um, would you throw, uh, I love the word consistency as well, because it's so, so I mean, again, we're back, we're back to basically <laughs> free, freedom and choice and responsibility, which is a running theme throughout pretty much every podcast that I do. I mean, it's, it's essentially modern from a philosophical perce- perspective. It's modern existentialism in a nutshell, right? It's sure. You, you oh, don't talk to me about existentialism. I was an English major. <laughs> Still makes my head hurt when somebody brings up existentialism. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It's fourth year critical theory and I don't want to talk about it, but no. <laughs> that's right. There's, there's no way to be optimistic about existential oh. philosophy. Is that what you're trying to say? No, it, it, it's heavy. <laughs> That is a that is a uh, a heavy coat to uh, to wear. That's right. Well, actually, you know, it is. I mean, there's no question, uh, and I think I think that's part of the reason why I sometimes tend towards the melancholic and so on. But but at the same time, I also think there's something really empowering about some, oh, sure. some of that stuff. I, I and, make jokes. That's yeah, the other thing that I um, do. So yeah. there's uh, the 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 uh, what's interesting is there's um. There's a great book out there called a guy. Uh, uh, I'm going to pull it up here in a second. A guide to the good life. Okay. And the subtitle is the ancient art of stoic joy, and it's essentially like we're talking 3,200 year old thinking. Um, wow. And and you go through it, and and you and they're quoting some of these early stoic philosophers, and you're like, holy smokes, this is just isn't this just Dale Carnegie or, or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just, you know, so there's almost like there's this no, nothing new under the sun kind of, it's just been repackaged or it's been repurposed in a, well, you read in, any of the books yeah. by the Dalai Lama. I mean, the art of happiness and all of these things, it's uh, and it's all ancient wisdom, ancient wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Which I love too. I mean, I, I, I have a copy of the Tao Te Ching. I've, I've read the, the, the Tao of Pooh and the Tay of Piglet. Mm, right, and, you know, right. those are also really interesting in the way that they take something that's a little more modern in pop culture what, and break it down. What kind, of, what kind of movies do you like? Oh, are that's you, a loaded question. I'm a huge movie guy. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, if, I mean, if you're driven by story... Uh, yes, you, I am driven by story. I have probably 250 movies in my personal and And is it, is it a wide range, or are you more the, hey, I want to feel good at the end of a film kind of guy? It's a wide range. I mean, certainly I have, I'm unapologetically a nerd, okay, and okay. I have a huge section of just science fiction and fantasy and super heroics and things like that, and there are a lot of go-tos in there that I would throw on that will just make me feel good. There are also movies that I will watch that I know I'm going to cry. Right. Right. It's, it's inevitable that I'm going to cry. 
even in and sometimes even ones within within that realm within that side i mean i'm just coming up on i have an annual tradition and i usually do it on my own of watching the entire Lord, original Lord of the Rings trilogy, right, right, extended editions, right. because the books were released at Christmas time, and Jackson released the movies at Christmas right. time. Right. So the first year that there wasn't a Lord of the Rings movie at Christmas, I got really bummed out. So <laughs> I watched all of them, and it's just kind of my. But I know at the end of Return of the King, when everything's all done and they're they're coronating Aragorn as the king. And he comes over, and the four hobbits go to bow to him, and he says, "My friends, mm, yeah, you, you bow to no you one. Bow to no and one. everybody, yeah. oh, I, I'm going to be blubbering. <laughs> I love that. And yeah, yeah, no, it's a great scene. It's a, <clears> but it's I also have, yeah. I have many dramas. I mean, I've got things like Goodwill Hunting and the, the Dead Poet Society, and you know, go back to classics like Rocky and. All of these, yeah, I love stories. What I love, what I love is, you know, I saw I saw Creed recently, and and I mean, it's just, oh, I've been it, wanting to see that. Yeah, one. it's worth seeing, and in a way, it's just Rocky Two uh, that's been re, you know again redone, sure. repurposed. But Sylvester Stallone's wonderful, and but I I love. I love the lessons that can be taken. I mean, these are these are these are parables, you know. Oh, uh, definitely. Adam Agoyan and others uh, have said, you know, that the movie houses are the cathedrals of our time. I mean, what what are the the morals? What are the values? What are the you know, as you say, attitude is huge. What are the attitudes that are being taught through the movies and through the stories that we that we ingest, that we read, that we that we watch? And well, th- and it's, it's interesting because I was just talking with this about a friend after seeing the new Star Wars, which is fantastic. Uh, by the way, I was there Friday night. I was there Thursday. Speak- and it was- oh, come on. So you yeah. are more of a nerd than I am. Even, <laughs> oh, yeah. so but you got all me I would beat. say, and I'll go spoiler-free because even when this airs at the end of January, some people may not have seen it. But um, we were talking about the original trilogy, and, and there was some mention of the fact that the new movie really, there was a, a familiarity there to the original Star yeah, Wars movie in, the, in yep. the story points. Sure. And the, the point that I argued, because I, again, being an English major, this was something that I studied, was one of the things that George Lucas did after he had an, uh, an original script for Star Wars that just didn't seem to be resonating for him, was he sat down and spoke with Joseph Campbell, oh, who's a scholar, yeah. who wrote the book The, uh, the Hero with Here, a Thousand okay, you're not Okay, you want, you, want, you want the cosmos coming together? I picked up that book today from the bookstore that I. Are you kidding? I buy my oh, it's books fantastic! From it's fantastic hero with a. Th- what are the odds of that? Oh, that's yeah. crazy! Yeah. Well, because yeah. what I love with with Campbell, and I've seen many interviews with mm-hmm. him, and, and mm-hmm. read the book and everything else when I was an English major, was this whole idea, and we again we circle back to ancient wisdom, that the great stories. The great parables, the, 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 you know, from the Homeric hymns to the stories in the Bible to, uh, you know, the Grimm's nursery rhymes to all, all of these, like, epic stories, uh, Shakespeare, things like that, that, can, that stand the test of time, that continue to be read and studied again and again and again, all have the same signposts. Mm. They, they hit the same marks mm. at the same mm-hmm. point, mm-hmm. and he, in a very good way, really reduces it down to a generic term. So at, 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 and he shows the story arc and said, this is going to happen here and this, this in a generic sense and could be taken in a million different directions, but this type of emotional impact or story element is going to happen here. And so Lucas went back and rewrote the script and hit all the sign points. And 
if and so if you and I've seen interviews with Lucas where he talks about if you look at each of the original trilogy movies from Star Wars Empire Strikes Back Return of the Jedi each each of the movies follows that oh, arc the, the arc yeah. of the hero sure, within the sure, movie sure yeah but the hero changes and then if you look at all three of the original there is that over that arc of the hero goes through the entire three movies and hits those same points and then if you even add in the the prequel trilogy with which a lot of people have bad things to say about and i understand why but that same arc is applied to each of those three right. movies and right. then the arc is applied to, and then you can take the entire arc over the whole six movies as the story of anakin skywalker it's really fascinating so what is it what is it about what is it about story for you, uh, story and leadership? That's okay. Is it a way to connect with your audience? Is it a way to yes. connect with young people? But or or is it also a way to teach, sort of indirectly? It's a way to teach. I mean, I I've always loved telling stories mm-hmm. from when I was a kid. By you know something would happen and I I could relate. I, I've always been able to spin a good yarn. Right. And I was able to get positive attention when I was a kid from telling stories. And, and especially as, as a teenager, I remember sitting at a dinner party with friends in my first year university, and, and one, some of my friends from home had come to Ottawa where I was living and going to school, and about 12 of us sitting around a table, and I still remember my oldest friend, Ryan, um, sitting beside me, and I was down near the, near the head of the table, and something had come up in conversation. I started telling a story, and I literally stood up. I was so excited. <laughs> I was telling the story. And Ryan, I don't know if he ever knew... We may have talked about it after the fact, but I heard him say, just kind of low, he leaned over to the person and goes, I love when Ian tells the story. <laughs> and that's always been, a, I, I've loved doing that. I, yeah, sure, part of it's about attention and the love that you get from an audience, be it a small, small group of people at a dinner party or a thousand kids in an assembly. I certainly love that. that. That instant gratification and feedback is fantastic. But yeah, it's a way to relate, much like any parable or any of these, you know, far-reaching stories, if it, it's weaving message in there. Right. And if there's message, there's, there's, there's lesson, um, morality tale, whatever it may be, then that, that helps, A, the story be more engaging, and B, the impact after the fact. So, you know, we've got a few more minutes to go, Ian. I, wanna, I really want to talk a little bit about, about the future. I want to okay. talk about change. I want to talk about leadership and how that's going to impact where we're heading. I have an eight and a 10 year old uh, son and daughter. So it's very much on my mind, uh, you know, sure. the, the seeds that we plant, the stories that we tell within, within our house, within the, you know, how, how we're bringing our kids up, what they're learning at school and so on. Um, you know, environment's a big thing around here. My daughter's a vegetarian. She's eight years old, right? By yeah. choice. Nobody's well, involved. I've been there. Mine are 19 and 20 now. My yeah. Yeah, you well, you've clearly been been through all of this, but <laughs> but so so you're you're an optimist. You're 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 working with young people. You clearly are hopeful about about what's coming and about what's next. Tell me, yes. tell me why. I mean, is it is it? Are we talking about a? a, a, a are we talking about a? Hmm. A more mov- motivated uh, generation today than we were forty, fifty years ago. Because you know, you hear the naysayers, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, you <laughs> the hear the anti- naysayers. The- I, I would say I, I don't know that we have every generation is motivated. It's just where that motivation is directed. Right. 
Right. And so that becomes the key thing. One of the things I read when I was researching for my book, which I found really interesting, there was, a, I think it was a Time article, hmm. where scientists basically said, and I loved this concept, that human beings are hardwired for positivity. Hmm. Where most people would say, oh, the, the, you know, the default for most folks is, is the negative. But the argument here was scientifically, if we were hardwired and just automatically defaulted to negativity, emotionally, the human race would not have continued. Right. If we didn't have hope for the future, we would not create a new generation. Because if we were so bogged down by the possibility or the certainty in our own minds that the world is such a terrible place, right. there was no way we would bring new life into it. Instinct aside, we would, if, if our instinct was to be negative, then why would we bring anything else in? I, I remember a guy who, who, who worked, uh, the, the, almost did work vaudeville. He was a ventriloquist, an older guy, he passed away about 15 years ago now, who, whose argument for not having children was because there was, there was no hope that, you know, and, and he would bring newspaper clippings to share with me about crime in Toronto and articles out of magazines. And I mean, who knows, maybe in his old age, that was his way of justifying the fact that they didn't have kids, but this was a really horrible world that we were heading into. Therefore, dot, dot, dot. Well, I would say this. Certainly, you can pull any article or news story, and you know we all know if it bleeds, it leads. Mm -hmm. You know they 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 try and sell the negative; it gets people watching. But in any of those stories of crime and uh, you know uh, just corruption and anything else that you read, it, it the part that doesn't get pushed to the front in a lot of those stories is that there's probably in each of those stories somebody who stepped up and tried and do something the the police that came to the aid of the people that mm -hmm. were shot mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. um yeah, you sure. know the, the organizations that raise up to raise money of the people who lost their houses due to corruption or whatever it may be there's the the positivity gets pushed to the periphery but it's there and it's why we keep going and you, we've talked a lot today about narrative, and yes. that's one of the things I try and bring across to, to kids as well, is if you don't, and, and to the adults I speak to, whoever it may be, that we create our own narrative. Right. And right. so Good. if we're just preaching a negative narrative to ourselves, that's the way it's going to be. You're going, if you keep believing something, you're going to find a way to make it so. I've always loved the comment about how many muscles... Uh, it takes to smile. Yeah. There's like, there's just some really interesting stats around that. And it's kind of funny coming from me just because if you knew me better, you'd probably know. I don't, I'm not, I mean, I, I like to laugh. There's no question, but, but I'm the kind of guy who'll stand at the back of the room <laughs> instead of actually laughing out loud. I'll just go, Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I won't actually laugh. That's well, you know, it's funny because as someone who loves and studies comedy, and I, I talked with a couple of comedian friends of mine about this recently, and we, we talked about the yes, if you're live and seeing a comedian live will be the loudest people laughing. Right. But if I'm watching something funny at home, right. stand-up special or anything like that, I'm not laughing right? because I'm studying. Right, 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 right. I'm right. observing like, ooh, see the way yeah. they turn that phrase? That's right. Mm, sure. That's good. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, not like I'm going to take that. It's just how did you sure. how did you craft that story? Yeah. How did you deliver that line? Or that didn't go well, but you recovered. Yeah, that's that's interesting to me. Sure, sure. Well, and it's from a yeah, theatrical it's all about narrative and and just the story that we tell ourselves and the story that we tell others. So you you aren't 
too concerned about the future then, you know, going into high schools, being in front of thousands of young people over the last 25 years, you're not too worried about where we're heading. You, you are hopeful still. You, I see wonderful kids yeah. out there every day. I see kids that are hopeful, that are positive, that want to change the world. I don't know what that world's going to look like. Mm-hmm. It's certainly a very different world from when I started speaking 26 years ago. Um, you know, when I started speaking, I would call people and mail them contracts and all these things. Now I can book an entire school or an entire tour and never speak to anyone on the phone. It's right. all done by email. Right. And right. Sure. Technology dictates a lot of things, and there's an ebb and flow to all of this stuff. I see the, the, the cycles that happen, and we may go through some down periods, but in every show that I do, because people don't realize you can see every face when you're right, there. Right, sure. I yeah. see every face, and I, I, I look in their eyes, and I, I can see the hope. And what it's going to look like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's as doom and gloom as the narrative we are being fed would, would tell you. Yeah, somebody just the other day even was going on. I don't know if it was a dinner party that I was at or what it was, but essentially the message was, you know, these, and I don't even know if we've moved beyond the millennial generation or not, but the line was, oh, these millennials, <sighs> don't you know? You know, kind of being a nostalgic old fart. Because that's the narrative that's gone on about the millennials. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, oh, gee, well, it's the classic, right? It's the old Monty Python skit. It's when I was a kid. You know, look what I had to do when I was a kid. Right? Oh, for I mean, sure. We worked so much harder. I had four yeah. jobs to make ends meet. Yeah, you know, exactly. all what that. Was, what was it? Get up at four in the morning. An That's hour before right. we went to bed. That's right. <laughs> all that classic. Have gravel for breakfast. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It, well, at least you had a father. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. It's. It's. It's actually. It seems like. Um, what's that line from that old song? Boy, now. Now I'm going to date both of us. Okay. Uh, every generation blames the one before. Yes. Right. Yes. Mike and the mechanics. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's that? What's something called? Uh, living years. The living years. Great there song. you go. We are both old farts, Ian. Yes, we really are. But you got to love the eighties. You do have to love the eighties. How can you not that, love? And the that's 80s? not just a statement. That's a rule. You have to <laughs> love right. the eighties. You should. You should get that put on a T-shirt. I bet you'd make a few bucks off that. It's, it's quite uh, possible. Yeah. Ian, thanks a lot for joining us today. I really David, appreciate it. My pleasure. It. Yeah. So check them out, uh, folks. It's Ian Tyson. Ian. Tyson, T-Y-S-O-N dot C-A. He's a public speaker. He's a leadership guy. And uh, you want to check him out online. So yeah, Ian, thanks again for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you, David. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.